What have you been up to, man? Uh, I've been thinking about like, a lot about uh, my old skateboarding days. And um, and that's how I kind of got into doing what I do. You know what I mean? Like in terms of um, like doing video, we, we were talking about doing splitter. You know, you were talking about how the, you did the splitter uh, yeah. into like either your your camcorder or another VCR. Yeah, like a poor like man's that. editing rig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it made me think of all those old dailies, which I digitized a while ago. So I was sort of scrubbing through them and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, there's always like you're learning on the job, essentially. Right. So you're filming uh, and like somebody will land a trick. And uh, and then the first thing you want to do is go in and look back at the footage. Right. And then you get to the point where it's like, oh, well, like now we don't need to look at the footage. We can kind of look at it all day. Um, and uh, and you come up with like a shorthand to speak to each other. Right. So. Um. Uh, oh, did you get it? And then usually you'd just be like, yeah, you were good. <laughs> this is Jimmy Epod. <laughs> Doesn't that just feel so easy, comfortable to say? No, you were good. You are good. You were good. You were good. You were gone. It. That's what you say when you're out of frame. <laughs> yeah, dude. Do it again. You were gone. You were gone. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, man, you were good from uh, it's the skateboarding anthem from. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could be about something else. I don't know. We'll see how it fares. But uh, yeah, could it could definitely be the skateboarders anthem. Could be. Um, and uh, hey, I did no research, so I'm doing it right now. Um, <laughs> but it'll be fun to see if I come up with anything while we do the episode. Um, yeah, just make I'm, sure you've got your uh, make sure you've got your tune bat up so you can get the you know the specs on the BPM. Oh yeah, yeah, I got ready, my whole, you know, in, yeah, I got my whole workflow. <laughs> the little uh, if the I don't if I don't uh, provide the bat info, uh, we're letting down the listeners. You know, yeah, man, <laughs> they can't possibly look it up themselves. Uh, and I'm doing it with my setup I sent you earlier, except I'm sitting about 15 feet away from the TV, and now it is like really tough to see everything. But I thought it would be interesting. I got. So uh, uh, this week, I guess for the listeners, um, Susie's working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which uh, I've worked out a deal with work that I would work from home on those days because everything we're doing at work can be brought home on a web on a on a hard drive for now um, for the type of stuff that we're doing. I don't have to be in the office for. And uh, and so I have my system that I'm editing on hooked up to our 4K TV in the living room. And I have like a little uh, foldable uh, desk thing that I can put in front of the TV and just sort of sit there and use it as a monitor. And it's really nice. And now I'm sitting uh, 15 feet away and it's much harder to see. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I have pretty good eyesight. Like I don't have glasses. I've never needed glasses, at least yet. I don't right. think this is that. I think I'm just so far away from a 4K monitor. Right. And I'm trying to read text. Like specifically right now, I'm going through our Google Drive and uh, man, it's tough to know. Uh, Genius is going to be a tough one to read, too. I might have to switch <laughs> over. <to> my laptop. <laughs> it's just so small. The, te- the TV is not made to display text. It looks great when you're sitting near it and then you have a, right. yeah, a huge workspace to work from. But when you're just in a browser, the browser is like, great, I got a 4K monitor. You must really like want that resolution. Uh, right. Well, I think that anti-aliasing is very important when you're reading text and stuff yeah. like we were talking about our TV, which is 10 years old and it's, you know, the max resolution is 1080p. You can look at text on there and if it's a T, it looks fine. But if it's anything with any kind of curvature on it, it's like, <laughs> what is that? Is that 
Is that that's an R? We went is that the, like a K? Yeah. That's why we went 4K because it was, uh, I, I, I told you earlier, but I had a 4K monitor that I was working on. Uh, and then when we had our second kid, uh, out went my desk and in came a nursery. So, um, right. And out goes uh, David. <laughs> exactly. So when, uh, when that happened, I was like, Hey, I don't mind, uh, giving up my desk, but what we should do is get a TV in the living room. And then if I am working from home, I'll just work down in the living room. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, and, uh, it was my little gift and yes, I really couldn't see anything if I tried to use our old 1080p LCD uh, uh, screen. Yeah, um, this is this is terrific, especially working. Um, yeah. Wow. There's lots of genius annotations on this. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Cool. Uh, I'm going to count on you. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to move on. I'm going to count on that. You got it. <laughs> so we have finally hit the the final tracks. We've done a few of these final uh, Jimmy tracks. Yeah, we're getting out of the way, huh? We we did track nine. Um, let me see when in the discography. That, it was a while back that, that we was did. Bye Bye Love. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I have a little thing. Um, oh, you know what I don't have? If you go on to, I don't have my messages because I'm on a Windows machine. Um, but if you go to, uh, you'll notice on Frame.io, there's already a You Were Good um, uh, folder. And I clipped out a uh, a bit from the end of that episode for Bye Bye Love. Um, where we touch on you were good a little bit, and I thought it would be oh, fun and- to revisit that. <laughs> good because I have that. That is my first. That is my first bullet point. So let's see what we actually said. And here we go. So this is Jimmy Pod. You were good. Here we are. It's really just getting me to you were gone. Or what's the last name on it? What's the last song on damage? You were you were good. You were good. You were good. Yeah, because he meant he lists like five things that you were. And uh, so it's easy yeah. to forget. <laughs> well, I can I can express um, my, uh, you know, my my meh thought when we get to you were good. But so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get kind of caught where people say, well, this is actually what you said. I don't I don't remember saying that part of it. What I do recall saying was that this was uh, I considered um, track nine to be a solid closer. Uh, Bye yes. Bye Love to me was like a solid closer. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't feel like you were good was a good enough album closer. So let's see by the end of this episode if it changes my mind, uh, sure. if if it's completely changed. Because looking at the lyrics, looking at the song in depth, yeah, that does change my perspective a bit. And for the most part, what? I'm not that critical. We try to be more critical on these tracks, but I'm just not crazy critical on them. Yeah. It's usually like a, yeah, man, it's a 10 out of 10. Love it. Good. I don't, I'm not <laughs> yeah. very, I'm <laughs> not so specific and, and, uh, you know, particular about these songs. So we'll see if my perspective on this changes. Uh, I can see why people like this and why Jim chose this as a track 10. Uh, so yeah, we'll just see. That was what I recall me saying when we did Bye Bye Love was that I yeah. felt like that, that could have been, they could have swapped these and that would have been better, but sure. So, uh, song meanings real quick. I, we can go into the lyrics, you know, to see what what uh, what I thought per you know per line. But this was the top top comment from Moose two four three eight in twenty thirteen, and this was released June eleventh. So this was just this was uh, posted on the 29th of June. So just a couple of weeks afterward, um, the most it's got the most uh, 
highest rating, plus three. This song reminds me of a high school-college relationship growing up. In high school and college, they were happy. Uh, They were happy and thought that they'd be together forever, but then something came along that made them take a hiatus, uh, a mutual breakup for college, for example, or something that happened in one of their lives. Through the years, the guy finds out that she's moved on or else they give it another go, but he finds out that her heart is still with someone else. His heart, meanwhile, is still with her, and he can't shake that. Now she's left with someone else, and he's stuck spinning his wheels with what could have been. Okay. I feel like that's a pretty valid assessment. Uh, mine's a little bit mine's a little bit different. Mine's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, uh, salty. I guess is just that seems more of like an unfortunate turn of events, but it it does it does leave a lot to uh, uh, interpretation. Yeah, it does, and it's nice to see these other other comments in here uh, from my mixtape. My God, this reminds me of me and my recent ex. I feel like they've been writing songs about my life for years. They're so good at that, capturing feelings and not only just their lyrics, but also the mood of, yeah. and especially this one. So we start this song out with. It sounds like lo-fi recording, right? Totally. I, I called it tape core. <laughs> oh, man. That's a great yeah. way to put it. Yeah, it sounds like this was uh, definitely on uh, probably a, a, low, a, a lo-fi microphone into like a, an eight-track or a four-track recorder. Yeah. Something like that. And they did, said, you know, this is, uh, it was demo quality. And they thought, you know what, though? It fits fits the feeling of this song. Let's Let's roll with that. Yeah. So yeah, tape core, great way to refer to it. Uh, there's also some weird. I, I listen to it again closely, right? So each time, each time we do one of these tracks, I'll listen to it with headphones on intently. Yeah. And I didn't realize that in the beginning of this, there's sort of a a small buildup. It sounds sort of orchestral. Oh, let's take a look. You, you want to listen? Yeah, to I got it queued up. I'll turn it up a little a little high so you can hear this. This is the the first couple of seconds of "You Were Good." So you can kind of hear there. Yeah. You hear that? It it sounds like a a chord. And I was messaging you before this. I said I'm like I'm I'm wasting time searching for these instru- instruments. When we get to this portion, I want to show you what I came across. Uh, but hearing that now, it it does lead me to a specific unique instrument that might have been used on this track. And I want to get your input and obviously the listeners input on what they think it is. I couldn't find anything that explicitly said this is the instrument that was on this um on this album. I'm sorry, on this track. Uh we do know clearly that it's Jim playing a, an acoustic up front. Uh-huh. Right. And then we have some funky stuff. Let's go through before I jump into the funky uh instruments, let's let's go through the lyrics and we'll step through these. And Jim starts out verse 1 with uh it could have been but never was at least the way you thought it'd be when you grew up. And I think that's just looking at looking at things from a, a young person's point of view. You and I are totally. I can't say we're we're not guilty of this. I mean, we've got you you look up and you look up to people and you think my my first relationship's going to be so it's going to be the best thing. I know exactly how I'm going to treat her, but you don't know what they're going through. You don't know who they are and so you just imagine you have these uh, you have this this idea of how nice things are going to be, uh, but then you grow up and you realize there's a lot more <laughs> of reality that that really affects you. There's there's personal issues that each of you have. There's things that you are supporting. You know, if you're supporting yourself and all these other things that add up to 
making a relationship harder. It's not just let's just be happy together and do that. No, let's we got to pay bills. We got to work. Yeah. All this stuff. So um, it could have been but never was at least the way you thought it'd be when you grew up. So, yeah, it sounds like a relationship that fell apart and it it could have been something, but it just never got to that point. Uh, and there's so much of you I love, but loving you alone isn't enough. I think that's such a nice line. It's not like it's it's not like a backhanded comment at all. I it's just they're honestly and earnestly saying I love you. There's so much I love you. Uh, th- I love about you. I there's so much of you that I love, but that's not enough to keep us in a relationship. Yeah. Sim- simply loving certain things about this other person won't bring back or fix the relationship. Um, Oh, and and yeah. uh, again, we're talking about uh, uh, a young love, and who's who's been in, who hasn't been in that relationship where you're like, right. but I love you, and I'm like, oh, love isn't enough. Mm, yeah, and then yeah. you look back on it now, and you think, just well, how naive we were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what they're set, what they're how they're setting the stage here, uh, and then we go right into the chorus. You were good, you were good, then you were gone. So something like she was good for him, and then she just she was either physically out of his life or just mentally no longer there either. Right. I, I don't know if this means that she chose to leave it, you know, cogn- if it, this was a cognitive choice on her part that I'm going to be leaving, um, I'm moving on or if it was just something where they drifted apart. Yeah. Right. Now I guess that's left to, that's open to interpretation there, but for whatever reason she, she left. And it sounds like when, when, when the narrator says, then you were gone, um, it sounds like maybe she or the other person in this relationship was the person who had sort of started that split. That's what I'm gathering from this, or at least insinuating. Uh, And then, uh, I believed you all along. Yeah, it's sad, but baby, here we are. Love when he says that stuff. Oh, man. But baby, here we are, baby. Here we are, baby. Uh, It's brisk. you. Baby, oh man, <laughs> Lipton brisk iced tea, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Rock, the, cl- you gotta the get claymation. Back out there. That was that claymation. It was. It was the same people that did uh, Celebrity Deathmatch. Cal- oh, and do they also do California Raisins? <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's like one group of people, and they start with California Raisins, and they're like, "This is gonna take our careers and just this is it. catapult us." Yeah, I want to say Robert Leininger's uncle did the voice of Mickey. In that ad, no, he was going to do the voice of Rocky. Um, in that oh, ad, man had already booked it. I think he even recorded it, and then the brisk commercials became like a thing, and then all of a sudden Sly wanted to do it. So yeah. then, <laughs> uh, so I, I think he still got paid, but he didn't appear in the commercial. Unfortunately, oh man, what a classic commercial! Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you heard, yeah, we'll finish this uh, the chorus up so I don't get too far off. Um, I believed you all along. Yeah, it's sad, but baby, here we are. Uh, it sounds like she strung him along, um, but could have been with somebody else. Maybe, maybe uh-huh. I don't know if she moved on to somebody else. I believed you all along, like she was just telling him things. I love you, and and you mean so much to me. But that whole entire time. It, it led to this, whatever that was, that this rift that became their ultimate breakup. Um, and then, so at the beginning of the chorus, you've mentioned this before that, that Jim does this a lot with lyrics. You were good, you were good, then you were gone. Now he's saying it was good, it was good, then it yeah. was gone. 
And it, I'm, I'm assuming, is them. Their relationship was good, but now it's just nothing. It's, 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 uh, it's empty. Yeah, nothing to be reclaimed, man. the The hard disk has been <laughs> uh, right. It's, it's corrupted. <laughs> so that's a, it's a beautiful little chorus, very quick. Um, you know, t- speaking directly to her, and then kind of speaking out in the open, just saying it was good, but now it's gone. So, meh. yeah. Then he gets a little bit more direct with her. You got a charm you wear around your neck. Reminds you of him, and I can see right through. So either I'm assuming now that that he's leaning more into there's another guy who gave her this charm, or she bought it, and this intentionally represents or reminds her of this other person and has nothing to do with the song's narrator. Which is sad to if you re, if you come to that realization that there is a piece of jewelry that was either given to somebody and it's almost like a secret where you know how it, it's hurtful when somebody doesn't tell you a secret right because you feel like you have a, a close enough bond like you can tell me I won't tell you but I'm, I'm one of those that I will not tell a secret and this this goes uh this goes through to very very close relationships of mine and I have an understanding with the people that I tell this to they have to, I mean it's hard for them to hear it but they, I, I want to be somebody who can hold a secret and to this day haven't told anybody, you know, even when people kind of right. passively say, this is a secret. All right, it's simple. For The fact that you said this is a secret is enough for me to say, I'm going to hold it. I'm not yeah. giving it up. Um, so never going to give that, you up. Yeah, never going to let you down, man. <laughs> so this, char- turn this charm around yeah. the neck is a gift or something that, holds a feeling yeah. or a thought or an intention that's specific to that person and yeah and it doesn't not, even have to it's not it doesn't even have to be a literal charm it's a memento oh yeah yeah something yeah, yeah it doesn't have to physically be even a, a yeah yeah you're right it's it could very well be um a memento right yeah but it reminds you of him and i can see right through so i you know i can tell that that uh, you think of him, maybe when you hold it or you you twist it in your in your thumb and forefinger when we're talking or having an argument. I know that you're thinking of this other person. So now he's getting more direct. And then what what a beautiful line! Either you're just bad at cheating, or there's something in your heart you wished I knew. Right? Either you're yeah. just bad at cheating, or there's something in your heart you wished I knew. It's obvious that she has somebody else now at this point in her life, uh, but she is still stringing him along and. She has a really bad way of showing him that she cares. You know, there's a, or there's something in your heart you wished I knew. I, I don't know. It just seems like she's not she's not giving him her full personality. And it sounds like she would want him to change and he's not going to change. So that maybe that's why she's moved on to somebody else who is that other person that she's been searching for. But she's just been right. stringing him along. And this whole time, and I think that that writing this, this these lyrics out, putting this song together for this imaginary uh, narrator is is that moment when they they're starting to feel free and yeah. explain themselves and and release them of this other burden. It's so funny. This is definitely one of those songs that I sort of like zone out. It's it is good, um, uh, but the lyrics are almost better than the song. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know what I remember about this song? You were good, you were good, then you were gone. Exactly. That's all I can remember from this when I hear it. If somebody says, oh, well, how does that song go? Well, I can I can sing the initial part of the uh, chorus for you. Yeah. But yeah, reading these lyrics, man, this is this is intense. And I've felt all of these things. Or yeah. I've been the one. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're not always the victim. 
sometimes we're unfortunately the uh the victor no <laughs> victor that's terrible yeah that's yeah i know terrible. right <laughs> oh man and uh then we have the chorus once again which repeats and at this point uh well, we'll go to the next verse because there's a there's a there's that instrument that I wanted to touch on. So we'll uh-huh. put a little pin in that at that chorus there, and then coming back after the chorus in uh, the little instrumental break, we have verse three, and I think this is that the last the the last the the final words that this person is going to be saying to them. Either this is over the phone, this is through a voicemail, uh, or this is either in a letter. But so I'm not who you wanted, but. You're still the one who sets the fire in me, man. So mm-hmm. he, he can't, he can't get over her. Yeah, right. And this is definitely the ex girlfriend's number that you keep in your phone for way too long. Oh yeah, and then somebody comes along and says, "Why does it? Who's this 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 girl in here? You know, yeah. it's not it's not your mom. It's not uh, it's not Aunt Linda. It's the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But then again, I don't I don't personally have too many friends that are girls anyway, so. I mean, there's oh, a really? lot of guys that can have a lot of friends who are girls. I guess it wouldn't be that. I abnormal. feel like I was that guy. Like, I feel like I had way too many, like, female friends. It just maybe you just feel more comfortable talking with them. Sure. You know? And I just never got to the point where I said, hey, you know, let, give me your number. The friends that I had that were girls, it was, like, at that place and at CSUN or if it was at work. Uh-huh. Didn't necessarily, you know, capture their phone number. I wasn't that kind of guy. I wasn't very forward. I was very much uh, an introvert <laughs> growing sure. up. Uh, but I love the the part where it says, uh, you're still the one who sets the fire in me. That makes me think of uh, her being his flame, right? Isn't that like yeah. the high school flame? That's another way of just saying that you're you're my flame, baby. <laughs> yeah. But also, that, I mean, that's essentially, uh, well, no, it's not. It's. It's yeah, you can't get over the person and probably but not exclusively also uh, you up text. Right. (laughs) Right. And like, hey, we may not be together, but um, I still think of you in that way. Yeah. And again, I think this is like getting it off of his chest. This is like the last time that he wants to be saying these words and and feeling these feelings because it's it's all for naught. There's nothing that it's going to, that's going to come of this. It's just putting himself through pain. And speaking of which, and the reason why, uh, I believe that uh, you know people waking up, our listeners waking up on that Friday morning, getting their uh, their weekly dose of Jimmy Eat Pod, uh, waking up from their oh yeah from their turkey coma, all that oh uh, the, oh yes, thank yeah, you, right? Thank you. The you reason know? this song is here, <laughs> exactly. Is these these last two lines? These last two lines here is guess I'll drink what I'll drink until the loving touch I need is not a need, and much like we do right on on uh, on holidays, either either alone or or with friends and family whoever, whomever you're with, you know it's just t- sometimes you like to celebrate in your own little way, and and unfortunately for this narrator's case, they're drinking to forget, so he's gonna drink himself numb, I imagine. Yeah. Right. But you, you thought that guess I'll drink what I'll drink. It, that sounded sort of like a cheers. Um, I, I think that I was, was I was grasping at straws. I mm-hmm. looked for turkey. I le- <laughs> looked for food. I looked for dinner. I looked for like all these like Thanksgiving time words. And I mean, drink, I was really scraping the bottom of the barrel. So like yeah. 
I was tying it in any way. So when I all I did was saw the line when I searched all the lyrics and looked for drink. And I was like, guess I'll drink what I'll drink. I was like, great. Sounds like a toast. <laughs> you sure? Are you sure they didn't use tryptophan in any of their um, <laughs> lyrics? You didn't. Did you search Is that, that the one? turkey? Is that the yeah, thing that's that's the uh, coma. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a little I, bit you know of heavy what? gravy. I, I forgot to search that term. I forgot. Probably do use it several times. Yeah, actually. Right. too many times. The Box most wine times. and tryptophan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'll drink what I'll drink, and this is it. This is kind of like I'm at the bottom of his letter. He's done. He's signing his name, and I'm you know folds it up, puts it in the mailbox, and sends it off. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have, drink myself silly tonight. Yeah. And then we have the the outro, which is essentially just the chorus. It was good. It was good. Then it was gone. So no longer talks about her. Or you in that uh, in that sense, it's just now it's 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 rep- it's repeating. It was good. It was good. Then it was gone. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Then it was gone. <sighs> Man, so yeah, going through those lyrics, it's a much heavier song than I originally thought. So it's definitely leaning me more toward fitting. You know, maybe yeah. it's a track ten of ten space. Maybe it is. It is. Uh, it is worthy of that. Yeah, I definitely get more so, uh, emotion from reading, going through it this way than I get from hearing it. But also, I understand the the choice that was made to produce it the way that it is. It's almost too highlighted, yet somehow it just didn't work. Yeah. And not to say it's bad. It's terrific. Um, but it it reads better than it plays, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Especially since you and I couldn't tell you know, any other lyrics beside the, uh, besides the, the chorus. So, but yeah, reading it. Wow. It's a, it's an intense track. Now I, uh, did you come, I guess you didn't come across this. So in song, on song facts, they pulled a, um, this might've been a soundbite or, or something from the absolute punk article, but sure. Yeah. Song facts. Frontman Jim Adkins told absolute punk why the band closed, uh, damage with this stripped down intimate track. And Jim says a fair amount of the ideas for damage started out as acoustic songs, like really rough acoustic songs. He explained, you were good, started out in a pretty acoustic based world. And then we tried to take it out of that world. We realized that without the acoustic guitar in there as a bed, it didn't feel the same without it being there. With you were good, we experimented around a little bit with fleshing it out and building the dynamics of it in a full band sense. But at the end of the day, we all looked at each other and agreed it sounded better with just me and a guitar and the weirdo Indian drone thing on there, and then he laughs. Interesting that he says yeah. it that way. Right? I don't know. It just felt like uh, it should be the thing that closed the album. I don't know that we've ever had a song like that on an album before. It's nice. Sure. Yeah, that he that he says that the weirdo, and maybe that was, there was a, mis, uh, a mistyped word up here, ideas. It was I-D-E-S. So I don't know if maybe, not weirdo, maybe he just said, and the weird Indian drone thing on there. Hmm. Because this was, again, going back to the production of this, this was uh, done, uh, produced by Alan Johann- Johannes, right? Yeah. And we we originally, when we I think when we went over uh, Bye Bye Love, we talked about all of the instruments that he had in his house just sitting around. And I imagine that they just, one of them picked up this instrument, or Alan did, and maybe he started playing with Jim when he was kind of riffing, and... That's what they come up with. I have marked this. I'm, I'm going to play this. It's at 220. I want you to hear this. We all know the sound, right? But I just couldn't tell what t- type of instrument this is. 
So, I mean, you know, before this, you gotta, I, I you gotta take the you. producer. Uh, we've seen his house. He's got. Yeah. I, I, I can't even begin to. I, I, I could begin to assume, but I guarantee you, I'm nowhere close to what it is. Like, it sounds like a lower slide guitar, like that you would hear in country music. Like a low, like the lower notes on that. Right. Um, because it it's got like the properties of a theremin, the properties of a slide guitar. <laughs> Um, right now that was so the the theremin is where my mind went with how it's sliding around and how it doesn't sound like there's any uh, it doesn't sound like there's any string vibrating or any kind of bow vibrating on a string but i also looked up um indian musical instruments and name and picture just so i could associate them now their set of instruments uh, i came across several of these in my google search but i needed to see what these looked like now there's two instruments that do have a bow. There's the sarangi, and then there's also the uh, dilruba. Now, let's start with the worst instruments, because I also came across a harmonium. And let me oh, see. Oh, okay. This is a harmonium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like something that would play over still images with, like, the Ken Burns effect of two Italian men, like... <laughs> The Tony's Pizza starting in in Amsterdam before you know New York, and they're pointing at mortar joints and and saying, "Yeah, this is where the the pies are going to be made." Definitely, in right? a, in a CSUN student project, no less. <laughs> so they, that so that is a, a musical instrument that is used in in like a in Hindustani Indian music. Didn't fit the bill. Here's the theremin, and we'll just play a couple of uh, lines of this. But this one sounds most like it. Oh, yeah. So right? which is this? This is the theremin. Oh, yeah. That's what I felt. Right? It, it felt most like, yeah. Right. But, I mean, this was created by a Russian physicist, so it doesn't really have anything to do with Indian music, and I couldn't find it in a list. So the other two, the Sarangi and the Dilruba, those are the closest ones. This one is a, this one is a Sarangi. I'll play this real quick. So kind of higher in the register. It is, yeah. And here's the Dilruba, which I think this might be the instrument that plays on this. And this has some very peaceful, uh, this is a guy playing it out. out uh, this is Sandeep Singh playing this outside in the rain. It's very peaceful, but you can hear the instrument clearly. Whoa. Right? I don't know if you if you threw a microphone up close to that and then added some heavy reverb, you yeah. might be able to. Get... Well, now let's go back to the Jimmy Eat World version. Yeah, here we go. It sounds like it has metal effects in there. Yeah, I mean it's drowned in reverb too. Yeah, I mean yeah, who knows what it could be. Yeah, so I don't know uh, the weird Indian music thing. Uh, that was the that was the yeah the, man. The I've Indian gone through every release on Discogs. And there was no and credit, right? No credit. You know, Alan and Johanna. I mean, it's a great it. sound. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he sat in on that and he's like, let me, you know, just uh, point the mic over this direction. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay. Also in that, in that line there from Jim, he also says, uh, with you are good, we experimented around a little bit. 
with fleshing it out and building the dynamics of it in a full band sense. But at the end of the day, we all looked at each other and agreed it sounded better with just me and a guitar on and the, the Indian drum. So jumping a little bit ahead, I saw that you commented on a Reddit post with this video in it, but I had didn't I didn't know that this existed before, but the alternate version of you were good. Okay, yeah. So yeah, let's let's take a listen to it. What did I comment? <laughs> um, let's see. I put I put LOL Duke Nuke 12. You put <laughs> You said there were only two comments on this thread and yours was good find. I hadn't heard this one. Thanks. That was 5 years ago, man. Wow. Yeah, right? Who posted it? Oh, man, I just closed it. It was uh Fractured Coin. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't haven't seen them much in the sub, but uh, so they linked to here. I'll play this here. They linked over to Metal Luke's recording. Love metal, metal Uke, metal Uke. But check this out, man! What a different sound this is. I love that strumming pattern. Oh yeah. Makes me want to go surfing, dude. Yeah. Ah. Oh. It does sound like the juicy fruits from uh, <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Carburetors, man. It also sounds like uh, that Green Day song. Oh, that's it. What a different sound. Yeah. Oh, now the <laughs> that's you called the drums there. Is that was that long view? Uh, maybe it, it, all, all Green Day songs, I think, are called yeah. long view. Right. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, baby. Oh, it's so much slower than I remember it being. Right. <laughs> look up. Um, oh, gosh. Look up Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, what do they call it? So in Phantom of the Paradise, and I've explained this before, but I'll explain it again. It's been a while. Um, it's the story of Faust and this uh, um, composer uh, essentially sells his soul to the devil to get his music made. However, the devil, played by Paul Williams in this movie, who also wrote all the music, um, changes his his vision. And his vision is of this grand he calls it a cantata. It's a grand opera, essentially. And he changes it to surf rock. And uh, <laughs> and so they can they in the movie, they perform the same song in a ton of different styles. And it sounds like the surf version. Like, look up. Um, if I gave you the titles, could you tell yes, which one? Absolutely. Was? OK, goodbye, Eddie. Goodbye. No. Upholstery. Upholstery. Is it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because the song is "Woe is," I think is the the lyric is "Woe is me," and they change it to upholstery. 
to be the surf rock version. It's so good. It's so uh, good. It's so bad. All right, let's hear the, a little bit of this. Carburetors, man. That's, That's what life, life is all about. Anyway, it's got that like driving like oh yeah that 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 the the rhythm of it is very similar. I thought it was more based in drums. I forgot it was more based in guitar, but yeah, man. Oh, I love that movie. We gotta have a you movie do. night where we watch one for the kids and then we send them to bed and watch Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, the double feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so that you can find it if you want to listen to more of the uh, the alternate version. There is, uh, I mean, you can get go to Met- Metal Luke. Or Metal Uke. Has metal Uke. Loves playing those metal songs yeah. on his ukulele. Yeah, man. Deep, <laughs> deep cuts Yeah, from the, the Metal Uke. So there you have it. That's what they experimented with. They recorded it, listened to it, and said, no, nah, let's just keep keep Jim um, playing that. Now, so, yeah, go ahead. On The top comment on this, uh, on the alternate version on YouTube, was from uh, Neelex Capcom seven years ago. Uh, what I love about the album version is that it sounds like he recorded it onto an answering machine, almost like he was trying to say all of this to the ex-wife in in the running theme. It felt more like a finale to the album than this would. But this is just awesome. So, yeah, I, I get that. But very sure. cool interpretation that that doesn't it sound like it could be she could be listening to this on a on a micro cassette. Absolutely. Style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I didn't come across it. Um, but did they ever say how they recorded this song in particular. And I searched all of um, my archive. I did that. That's how I came up with the clip of us talking about you are good um, is I was looking for them to say, Oh, Alan Johannes uh, said, Oh, I had this recorder laying around. It was the same stuff they used on pet sounds. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Nothing that that specific or unique or, Nothing, not like a gem like that. Yeah, no. I was like, oh, this was my task cam from, uh, you know, Sound City or something. <laughs> what a story. Like when you asked me about uh, me telling you about the photographer uh, taking a picture of Eric Clapton and you go, what? I thought you were going to say that they picked out yeah, the feather. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like that was the feather from the, the album cover. But no, no, it's nothing that, yeah. that unique or special. <laughs> Whoa, I played something on accident. Oh, every time I right-click it, it plays. There you go. <laughs> it wants to play. It can't now, not play. Uh, thankfully, I think it was Walking on a Wire had posted a link to the cover of this alternate version of You Are Good, where if you look at um, Metal Uke's... I'm going to change how I say that every time. I'm going to say Metal Luke <laughs> next time, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a terrible low-resolution, um, you know high res or max res default the image there that's sitting the placeholder for it's just terrible looks like it was Uh but if you look at the high quality image which i can send to you and you can just take a look at this on your on your phone you can see it it's the same style of this is vector is it the camera it's the camera so this i'm assuming this was also done by morning breath ink yeah but it's just such a different so I believe a, that that those alternate versions of the art were when the singles were released on iTunes because okay. there's well, I mean, some you, other you track. Look at the, you look at the umbrella and it's yeah. so it's so minimalist the style. It's just yes. it's gradients and a few shapes. 
this has texture on it. It looks like, uh, you know, the the umbrella has the gold coming from underneath. This looks like the lens is somehow vertically dropping, a, you know, like it's almost like it's picking somebody up in a UFO. It's just very, it's <laughs> odd to have this compared to the umbrella. Yeah. I wonder if they were, um, and, and what does the camera have anything to do with the song? I don't, that only I don't, led me yeah. to think that I misunderstood what the song was about or what was being sung about or something. But maybe it's an alternate uh, cover to the album. Maybe it is. Maybe I mean, there's the only image that is, well, there you can see a little insignia of the umbrella on the right side. So they had that concept before they had put this design together. Right. I don't know. This just looks like something that you would go on to Google and say vector camera or, you know, vector yeah. Canon <laughs> SLR. And it, it shows me this free stock right? footage, free exactly. stock photos, uh, vector. <laughs> yeah. That's what this looks like. And then they just, they made it look like it's peeing, um, you know, yellow light under below. Exactly. I don't know. I don't get it. So <laughs> yeah, could have been a placeholder. Yeah. But so you're saying that this was released with the single. So, Okay. As far as I know, um, and uh, of course I didn't save the Reddit post, but somebody had uh, requested, did anybody have the high-res version? And they posted a low-res copy that was on JimmyEatWorldOnline.com, which is now archived. Um, And so I'm assuming they were linking to it because it was listed there in the discography page or something. Uh Uh, And then who gave it to them? Uh, I, I wrote, maybe I wrote that down. Let's see. Um, no, I did not write down who uh, ended up posting it, but it was somebody we know from Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I could go to my history, but you know. <laughs> right, right. So I was looking for this as well in in the community just to see what people were saying about it. Now, aside from your, I think yours is one of like the top results for it. So just a oh. couple of comments and... It was the title, the alternate version of You Were Good, Full Band, Awesome, right? That was the top um, result. But then there was also one where I have, I have my comment here is, is rip damage. Oh, so I wanted to ask you this. So a year ago, Snake Oil 27, uh, in the sub, you know, it's the, the, the renowned- The memer. Uh, yeah. Memer, yeah. <sighs> Posted a link to an image with the title, Rip Damage, You Were Good. Now- right. I didn't understand this post. You didn't? No. So it says Avenge the Fallen, but you saw that image then? Yeah, it's like an Avengers thing, I assume, but I just right. didn't get it. Right, and it looks grayscale. Uh, I imagine the color there follows the Avengers. Um, it was posted April 25th of 2019. I thought maybe it was up in the header, and they were taking it down to be replaced by Surviving, but no, that would be Integrity Blues. Right, I'm assuming that they changed the header artwork in the mm. sub for each each album, but that's what I thought it might have been. Uh, but then JG four two nine, yeah, posted you were good, you were good, then you were gone. Were and they maybe they were saying the movie was good, like <laughs> like maybe because everybody was going to see it that one day and no one wanted to post spoilers. Okay, well then I'm gonna look April twenty fifth of twenty nineteen. <gasps> Endgame. Oh, that's it. That had to be it. So it's the finger click. That's what it was. I see. We figured this out. So uh, 
Well, Dr. Duct Tape Hand says it's a great album, but that album art is just dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like, everybody was kind of like, what? That's what you made the artwork? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't. Uh, are you caught up on all the Avengers stuff? I feel like I, I, yes, I, got... I haven't seen any of the Spider-Man movies, but I did see everything else. Okay, I haven't I haven't seen them yet, and I mean I have looking at all of the all the memes that were created from Endgame with the with the stones and the finger at the finger clicks and all that. I, I have an idea of what happens, but I don't I don't get the full story of how uh, sure impactful and, and serious and sad that is. But um, apparently, Snake Oil. Oh, I love you three thousand man. That's that's a that's a that's a reference. Yeah, that will pull at your heartstrings as a father. <laughs> Oh man, I don't want to. I want to watch something uh, a little bit more lighthearted. It's like every time I want to, I want to watch Endgame. I, uh, I I pull myself away and I end up watching like Christmas Vacation or or something else. It's a, a naked Naked Gun. <laughs> Is Endgame the last one you need to see? Uh, no, but I'm not gonna watch them in order. I there's no way I'm gonna watch them in sequence. So I'm just gonna pick up and go. Oh from no, the Justin, end. no, 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 no. Sorry, you gotta you gotta go in order, dude. How many? How many do I have? Then? Like twenty of them or something. I don't know. Okay, that's <laughs> that's like it's like five Slowly episodes make of your our way. podcast. You'll be all right. You get Jeez. yeah. There's too much in. There's too much invested. You can't just jump in. <sighs> well, the last I, the last film I remember watching was I think the second Thor, um, uh, which was what like two thousand. Oh, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Um, yeah, I got a ways. Uh, uh, although Thor th- Ragnarok is incredible. Yeah, um, another. And good I'm not even a huge Marvel head, um, but uh, they did they did good on uh, wrapping up the series. Yeah, like I kind of leave those movies like I, I guess I kind of know what happened, but it was a lot of fun to watch. And Endgame was probably the most fun I've ever had in a movie theater. All right. Yeah. All right. Twenty films, about two two and a half hours each. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, the last the last thing that I have from. Uh, my community search here was from a year ago. Swing Set Clouds uh, posted with a collection tag on here. Long time since I collected physical CDs. I'm fixing that. And they posted a picture of Jimmy Eat World Damage, Jimmy Eat World Integrity Blues, and then Surviving. Now, what? where did uh, I see that? Oh, Schroeder8306 says, I like that they've gone back to a full plastic case for surviving instead of just a fold-out sleeve. It gives it some weight and importance among the others as album 10. Certainly made opening my mail a happy occurrence today. Here's to physical copies. Um, I don't I don't remember purchasing Damage. Don't remember purchasing Integrity Blues. Both of those I had acquired through uh, streaming services. Yeah. I didn't know that those were actually the the foldable ones. Uh, you I, can tell by the, the shrink wrap. Sure, yeah. Right. The last, I, personally, the last album I remember, the one I recall having in that was, I think it was There Is Nothing Left to Lose by the Foo Fighters, which was 2002. Uh-huh. But I just uh-huh. remember getting it. And at that point, it was like a unique thing. I had a jewel cases forever. Yeah. And, but I just remember putting it in my storage, you know, my, what was, oh man, what is the brand that I'm thinking? It was a Case Logic that made the stands yeah. as well. So just yeah. slipping it in there and it never really fit right. They would just flop around. And yeah. I felt like this, I, I, you know, it doesn't feel, this doesn't feel like an actual CD, which I get. Are you a fan more of the, 
of the the paper ones versus the the actual no plastic it's gotta be jewel, jewel case. cases yeah, yeah yeah uh although you know um take off your pants and jacket had a uh uh i think it's called a digipack um that's the cardboard thing oh okay uh, i believe it had a digipack or no i know it had a digipack and then there was a jewel case release and fuck if the jewel case release didn't look terrible versus the digipack oh, yeah? design yeah they Just really nailed the it colors. The, the Digipack design for that album is so incredible because it's all iconography um, with the with the airplane, the pants and the jacket. And right. then when you open it, every song has its own icon on the lyric sleeve and the lyric sleeve is slid into the cardboard, which has a circle cut out for so that each icon on the lyric sleeve shows through oh, the man. cardboard. And then the plastic behind the plastic uh tray hmm, actually i'm trying to think i think it was actually just black behind the plastic on the tray um the cds uh there were three versions of the cd that were released uh an airplane a pants and a jacket with two bonus two different bonus tracks each and um and uh yeah but man that's the only digipack i ever liked outside of that yeah they, they can get in the bin yeah and if you had like if you were enjoying a nice bag of doritos like i would when i'd be playing games and then you touch the because all of them had that matte finish so you'd be leaving grease marks or even even if you didn't you know if you didn't take advantage of the uh the snack drawer even just handling them it just seemed like the more you handled them it would get just grease yeah and they just never looked the same (laughs) they always are (laughs) flopping around (laughs) yeah But yeah, I mean, after that, after that album, I, I, I want to say I stopped buying CDs uh, because that was the point when I got into Groove Shark and then Ardio. Oh my god, right? Groove so, Shark! Did you tell me about Groove Shark? I did. Yeah, and oh my one gosh, of the, we the like co-founders. That was yeah. weird. That was like where I think I, I found out about that from you through Addison, and I don't think I realized that we went to CSUN together. Yeah, <laughs> but I remembered finding out about Groove Shark from somebody, and I was so into that for so long. Yeah, I uh, I remember I, I was so into it. I ended up buying, uh, buying a Groove Shark shirt, which I still have. It's one of those American. I want to say it's fifty fifty. It's such a nice. It just has a nice feel to it, but it's like a green heather with a gold Groove Shark logo on That's there. So cool. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm R. gonna R. hold Groove on Shark. to it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I that's what I got into. So I stopped buying physical CDs. I don't know how prevalent those were, you know, in, since the, in the last fifteen years. I don't know what if it's been, you know, more jewel cases or if it's been more of those. Um, what are they called? Digipacks. Digipacks. Digipack. I don't even like the name Digipack. <laughs> sounds like enhanced CD. Sounds like something that's gonna go go away soon. Go the way of the dodo. <laughs> So this was played 45 times by three artists, but only nine times by Jimmy Eat World and 29 times by Jim Adkins. That makes sense. There's a ton of his recordings on YouTube. Yeah. And and I figured we would definitely go through the Velvet Jones recording um, because uh, we were there for that. So I just sent you a link to that. And then um, this uh, he also did it in Germany. And that was that show where he like oh, I, yeah. I found that right up where i think he collaborated with somebody so i'm interested to hear it and s- see if on that recording he, uh if it sounds any different than the velvet jones one so let's listen to velvet jones real quick and then we'll jump over to the germany one okay <laughs> 
drumming pattern. Oh, yeah. And the chords, I mean, looking at people playing it, they're not that difficult. It's just how they're how they're ordered and then how he plays them open. Yeah. You can, you can hear why it probably doesn't get played that much. Everyone's just sort of talking. Yeah. Now, when was the Velvet Jones show? What year? Uh, 2013. So this was around the time the album was going to come out. 2015. Is it 2015? Oh, okay. I was going to say. I thought yeah, I remembered yeah, yeah. being I, later than that. I, the, the lighting is low in here. I'm looking over at my... Ah, yes, yes, yes. At my ticket. Like, I couldn't tell. Okay, so it sounds like the album, essentially. Yeah, pretty like my much. recording sounds just as good as what ended up on the album. There's just <laughs> less crowd noise in his. Um, let's listen to this Germany one and see if uh, if uh, if it's a duet. Okay, here we go. Da, the German version. Here we go. can't tell if it's just the resonance the resonance on his guitar or is there a drone being played i love how dry his vocals are yeah it was good it was i mean there's reverb on it but it, it sounds so present yeah Jump to like two thirds of the way through. Maybe if if it is a duet, maybe they come in on the solo. Okay. You were good. You were good. And you were gone. I believe you all along. Yeah, it's sad, but baby, here we are. It was good. It was good, then it was gone. I would have expected it at that harmony part right there. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have to hold back <laughs> trying to harmonize. You know, yeah, you just totally. you can hear that. It's such a cool little harmony that he adds in there. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like there's any kind of collaboration, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, yeah, the first time they played it was March 25th, 2012, and it was at a Jim Adkins solo show. And the last time uh, it was played was September 14th, 2015 at a Jim Adkins solo show uh, in Italy. So it probably was not long after this Germany recording that we listened Mm -hmm. to. Um, It's an F sharp major to be Camelot and a 76 BPM. 
Uh, I did come across this while trying to get as much information I could, and this isn't. This is just a, a slightly more insight to the way that the uh, song was recorded. This is on Music Ohm O M H. Uh, they did a review of the album, and this is what they had to say about "You Were Good." Jimmy Eat World's newfound restraint is best exemplified by closer "You Were Good," which is not a fist pumper to send everybody to the exits riled up but rather a track that simultaneously uses lo-fi acoustic guitars and drones to dreamlike effect, creating a stunning closer to an album by a band that is more than ever not afraid to expose their own insecurities. If that isn't the perfect encapsulation of what Jimmy Eat World is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then, yeah, I got a few uh, community things. Um, Grow Lithe Trainer... And I've learned recently because I'm playing Pokemon Go. Grow Live is a Pokemon, as far as mm. I can tell. And Trainer is what uh, the pl Pokemon players are called. So uh, this person must be really into Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> we've seen them before, but now I know what that is. Um, they talked about they were doing like a, I think it was a countdown to surviving and they were doing talking about all of the records. So essentially doing a, a written podcast like articles <laughs> Um <laughs> And they were really long and beefy. And this is what uh, Grow Live the Trainer had to say about You Were Good. The highlight of the album is You Were Good, a really stripped back production giving the song this really empty feeling paralleling the emptiness reflected in the lyrics in the, and the despair and quiet resignation in Jim's delivery. Again, the lyrics cut straight through me. You got a charm you wear around your neck reminds you of him. Uh, and I can see right through either you're just bad at cheating or there's something in your heart you wished I knew without getting into it. Let's just say dumbass 21 year old me rebound relationship <laughs> way to call me out, Jim. <laughs> so I thought that was good. Uh, Matt Rogowski and I, and I'm going to post a link cause I'm assuming this is the one says he saw the band perform this live and he says, He's sort of recounting all of the times, the different times that he saw them. His fourth time seeing Jimmy Eat World, I got given a drumstick from Zach after I asked one, uh, asked for one on Twitter. He'd pointed out my Clarity 2009 shirt at a previous show. They also played You Were Good, the only time I've seen it live. This was the only show in the UK they've ever played it. I know not everybody does, but I really like that song. Um, looking through it, I didn't come across a lot of people hating on the song did you right no nah, there, there wasn't too many people um there wasn't a lot of comments on it but the ones that i did find yeah they seem to just enjoy it very much yeah um and finally uh this is uh 50 through 100 where do you think this lands on jt o'donnell's list mm, 50 through 100 i'm gonna guess the uh, year i was born um Dude, uh, 84. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you were good. Damage <laughs> is the only major label Jimmy World album that doesn't feature an epic closing song. Instead, You Were Good is mostly just Jim and his acoustic guitar summing up this adult breakup record with a devastating accounting of a relationship's death. It doesn't go for the jugular. Uh, you were good just lets the world know quietly how Jim's narrator feels about the other person at the end of the road. Either you're just bad at cheating or there's something in your heart you wished I knew, Jim sings matter-of-factly. Yeah, it's sad, but baby, here we are. 
I guess the song doesn't need huge need huge sounds and lots of instruments and voices to be epic. Um, and again, I think that this is an example of when Jake T. O'Donnell hits the nail on the head. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, going back that full band version. Um, so I assume, hold on, looking at this, I'm assuming this full band version is the alternate version and yes. not a live version. But right. I did bookmark something that looked like Jimmy Eat World on stage and not um, uh, Jim Atkins. So give me just a sec. I'm going to copy this. This does look like the band playing it live, but who knows? I'm going to paste this into watch together and let's see what we get. This is. There's definitely a drone there. I see Robin. person that recorded this knows the song <laughs> Sharomi wonder if it goes anywhere I'm gonna jump forward a little bit oh here we go get in there Tom I'm like, just um, listening are you to the sure? Drone. Are you sure that's not a loose cable? And like, <laughs> did did Rick step off the stage and leave leave his his yeah, uh, the, bass the on? bass strings they're vibrating yeah, from? Yeah, it them. just maybe it fell over and it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh man! They're so I, I I guess I see how it's not translating live. Um, but yeah, yeah. I would I wish for a little bit more of the band to play in there, but yeah, this is like a gym solo, just like the actual track. So yeah. So I did not listen to any, but I saved seven covers. Okay. There uh, were got... there were four that I felt were worthy. Okay, let's listen to your four and then we'll do a I assume all yours are on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, I pulled four YouTube ones. So then I have three SoundCloud ones that we can take a peek at. Okay. Uh, so let's, we, let's listen to your YouTube ones. Let's start out with Danny Atkinson. I thought this one 
Well, we'll what just, a fortunate name. Danny Atkinson. Come on, Danny. Oh, Danny boy. Guitar sounds clean. Yeah, man. He's got the cable on that F sharp. Yeah. like a Colin Malloy sound from the Decemberists going on. Oh, I really I, like it. I clean, yeah, I, I dig that. Yeah, um, fuck that was, voice. That was great. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody doing better than that. Right, and I probably like, I, I mean his guitar swinging, tone man. was perfect. Right. The only thing that bugs me about this is now looking at this, watching the video in the background. He's got his check your signal cable <laughs> HDMI on. Dude, dude, why wouldn't the video started playing? I was like, you know, I could go off on a tangent about how he's got nothing plugged into his TV, but I, I think I'll let him just sing. Yeah, well, I would. I figured we'd talk about it afterward. I'm assuming if you can see there next to his elbow right now, you can see it looks like an Xbox 360 cartridge. He probably just got done playing, was inspired. Yeah, and, and thought, you know what, man, I got another ten minutes before mom gets home. Let's. Yeah, he was jam. probably playing Burnout Paradise, and he was like, no, you know what, Jimmy World song I do want to hear though. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, dang, man. Danny Atkinson hitting it out of the park. Yeah, geez. It's only Next downhill one, from here, baby. Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, and uh, Dylan I'm Swinson. I'm joking. I, I have no idea. I, I did not listen. We, <laughs> we have had Dylan Swinson uh, on before, and I the only thing that leads me to believe that is the big South Carolina state flag in the background. Oh, interesting. Let's take a look. Right? So, this is... Dylan Swinson, kind of similar, not to be confused with Danny Atkinson. Man, I should go chin strap beard. It's also, capo on, yeah, on that F sharp. Is that a gold hand on the left there with the middle finger up? Oh yeah, it looks like it, huh? Uh huh. got that 160 gig uh, black iPod video on his iHome back there. <laughs> that was a gorgeous iPod. Yeah. That's the South Carolina flag, huh? Yeah. Here, check out his falsetto here. Oh, shit. Oh, 
That was pretty tight. good, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, that yeah. So he did the he did the theremin thing himself there. Dylan, Dylan Swinson. Swinson. Yeah, of South Carolina. Yeah, man, our SC man, not uh, not USC, but no. <laughs> yeah, and okay, got a couple more. I got Benny Acoustic. Benny Acoustic. I thought this one was Benny the Jet Acoustic. Right, uh, Benny. Hi, you were good, Jimmy. World cover. Do you look like Andrew McMahon? Oh, totally. Oh, what's he capoing up on? Oh man, he's he's a, a whole step higher. So he is yeah. on a G sharp. Yeah. Unless his guitar's in drop D. Man, that seems too complicated. Oh, he's, got, oh, he's an Angels and Airways fan. That sign over his head is uh, it's um, well, it's interesting because it's love, but then the O, which is the Moon Man, also has the Blink One Eight Two arrows. I respect that. Oh wow, yeah. The Love is the name of an Angels and Airways album and a, a movie that they made. I love this whole setup. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always a little bit uh, jealous about people that have that, uh, the finished attics. Yeah. Or upper upper area. Do you have an attic that's... space in your place? I, I made it. It's I, I put up some some half inch plywood up there and insulated it. You can walk around, but there's, I mean, you couldn't stand up there anytime after 9am all the way to like three. It's, it's just like a little, um, it's like a Dutch oven up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Do only you keep for storage, like your so. Christmas stuff up there. And... Oh yeah. 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 Pretty much yeah. anything that we don't mind that could potentially deteriorate after five years. Yeah. It's all good up there. Is so. it also like insanely haunted? Um, that and it's got uh, you. It's kind of creepy, man. The the people that nailed the ceiling, uh, uh, the the sheathing to the roof, yeah, uh, missed a bunch of spots. So there's just there's a huge rows of just three inch nails sticking through. You know that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a, a friend of ours' house has like a space, and the and the husband's trying to make the attic a thing. And I noticed when we were looking around up there. I, I don't know if that's just like roofers don't care. They're like, look, it's in the house, isn't it? Like, <laughs> is it falling? No. I guess okay. <laughs> Your roof's still here. Yeah. They. I'd say that you know, looking at them, they got probably fifty percent, and I guess that's enough to keep a roof on. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. They're supposed to snap a line and say, "This is where the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> this is where the the line yeah, is. Snap this a is chalk line, baby. Okay, I feel I feel bad. We're not really <laughs> listening to Benny. I was commenting on his Angels and Airways Blink One Eighty Two art and uh, Andrew McMahon look alike, and now we're admiring the man's attic. Okay, all right. Let's listen to a few a, a few more bars of uh, of Benny. Yeah. He gets dressed up too. Look at that. Yeah, man. Oh, that's the Andrew McMahon vibes. Yeah. If I wore a sweater vest like that over a, a button-up shirt, I would be drenched. <laughs> Just can't do it anymore, man. So cow is too warm. Yeah. This is great. Yep, there we have it. Terrific. Everyone's nailing it. Yeah. Now, that was um, the only reason I picked the last one, Coatsy Wins, was I wanted you to see 
the image here, I wanted to get your opinion on what exactly this is. So this is Coatsy, Coatsy Wins. But look at the image here. Oh. So at first, from far away, I thought it was uh, like some dark amber beers. But upon it's closer not? inspection. Oh, is it a shot? They look like shots, right? Yeah. I'm confused about why this didn't come up in my search. I'm going to add it yeah. to our playlist right now. Okay. And there's so much of you that I love. Loving you alone isn't enough. You were good, you were good, and you were gone. I believed you all along. Yeah, it's sad, but baby, here we are. It was good, it was good. It looks like some kind of dark rum and milk. Yeah, right. You've got a charm you wear around your neck. Reminds you of him and I can see right through. Either you're just bad at cheating or there's something in your heart you wish that I knew. Maybe it's the image of these three shots on that. It looks like a candlelit wooden table. It just yeah. makes me think of a. It gives me that pub atmosphere. This guy's oh, cozy wins yeah, is over yeah, yeah. in the corner, jamming out. I like that it's going low with it. Something about the chords that are so Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Like if somebody else played these, I'd be like, oh, it sounds like Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> so there's one more I wanted to play from YouTube, only because it was only uploaded last week. Wow. Um, and that's Duck in Subway. Is that what it is? Yeah. Duck in Subway. L. Duck in Subway. Oh, Oregon Duck. Could have been, but never was at least the way you thought it'd be when you grew up. There's so much. Oh, shit. Yeah, man, he ain't fucking around. He's like, look, I'm, you don't need to hear me play guitar. I'm just sitting here and sing. <laughs> That's why it's only two minutes and 48 seconds. <laughs> He's like, look, I'm not fucking around. This, I made this song better, all right? <laughs> Is that a, like a gaming yeah, uh, sad, tower behind it? Mm. It's blinking. Good. Yeah, it's got some kind of activity on it. Yeah. It like, look at that like crazy fan light. Maybe he was playing Burnout Paradise and he got inspired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know what song I really want to hear? <laughs> There's something about his voice that reminds me of Chris Cote from Cut You Up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was good. Um, let me do these three, and I did not listen to them. Um, I'll go in order that they showed up. Three SoundCloud okay. uh, uh, covers. So let me, uh, let's go copy and paste. Let's see who this first one is. Chris Groves.
Any day. I like his voice. Yeah, man. There's so much of you I love, but loving you alone isn't enough. You were good, you were good, you were gone. And I believed you all along. He's left-handed, yeah, it looks like. But yeah. So this is what it sounds like when somebody's playing left-handed every day. It was good. It was good. <laughs> it was gone. Terrific. Nobody has botched this cover yet. Here's yeah. Georgia Gray. I'm really hoping this is a female take. That would be so great. Could be Georgie Array. <laughs> Georgie. sound like they're traveling down the scale and for some reason i don't feel like i hear that in jim's version either that he, is just the way that there is I'm one part it. where he um so it's it's in f sharp major but the way that he plays it because he's got the capo on that second fret he essentially plays what i how i play uh free fallen where i just play like an e and then i leave the top three strings open and just play the bottom three uh-huh and there is one part where he walks down from what is essentially like the B to the A. Ben, and I think that's maybe what... Maybe she's just making it more apparent, but there is yeah, a walk I'm down. I'm yeah, I love her voice. It. Right here. <laughs> Georgia Ray. Georgia Ray so, so far wins, and we only have one more. Fuck, I don't okay. know which way I was going. Uh, which Who's this one? Chris Gross, we did. Okay. This is the last one, and then we can do final thoughts over... Uh, over this uh, watch is going to be one we already heard and then <laughs> just, <laughs> that's a bet on brand for us Mina Loosh oh. it's like a line a pencil line drawing of a back mm-hmm. that's art class right there learning Love the that. contours of the human body alright Mina Lush. I'm digging versus the George Ray. There. Yeah. Twinkles. Yeah. 
there harmony like buried in there? Vocal? Yeah. Oh. Vocal. No, I think it's I think it's an acoustic note that just sounds like somebody. Oh. Yeah. Well, nobody biffed the uh, covers. Justin, what are your yeah. final thoughts on You Are Good by Jimmy Eat World from the album Damage? All right. It's earned its status as an album closer, um, mainly because of the lyrics. Going through the lyrics, if I hadn't heard them, you know, that's that's what I was basing it on before was the chorus, You Were Good, You Were Good, You Were Gone, which wasn't that special. But looking at uh, the backstory of it, why it was recorded the way it was, and the lyrics... Um, yeah, I think this thing sits much higher in my uh, uh, on, on the likability scale. What about you, man? I concur. I think uh, somehow it's not working the way the production is, uh, and I would love... I, I really like that alternate version, um, uh, again, after five years of apparently not <laughs> having heard it. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, being approached and produced differently could have given it more of a like a dashboard confessional or like some sort of like really like hard hitting song. But I do respect the choice that was made to produce it the way that it was. And I think it also works. Uh, So I'm excited to uh, revisit this song um, and, uh, and give it more of a fighting chance. Um, And uh, yeah. Well said. Number 87 on Jake T. O'Donnell's list is a fair assessment and placement for this song. Wasn't it 80? Yeah. 84. 80, uh, 84. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, we'll go ahead and record our second of our fall series uh, uh, album along. reviews. Yeah. Uh, listen along. And uh, so until then, um, everybody, please continue to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Jimmy Pond. <laughs>